if I can summarize, like friends first, you know, community set, like close friends first, com direct community second, and then greater network third. And then I think I think you said either um, and then recruiter is fourth. Okay, and then recruiter is fourth. Yeah, so that'd be kind of the tier layered for someone in your position who's like a founder uh, for their own tech company. That's how almost all hiring works. The, even for big companies, even for like the fans? yes, yes, some of those big companies will have a presence. Like when I was at Twitch, we would have to have the role in greenhouse or whatever the fuck they're using now. But once the role was there, we didn't even have to publicly list it. We could send a private listing to people we specifically thought were good fits and make a decision before we ever had a public listing for a role. The way I would hire was based on who I knew and who I thought made the most sense for the role. And once I ran out of those options, then we would put out more public listings or get recruiter or recruitment to help us. But generally speaking, like the recruitment team at Twitch fucking loved me because they could just like, Hand me the like like to a greenhouse thing, and I would get really good candidates in fast. And any team that has the ability to do that is going to because it will make the team more effective. And I think that everyone here would be surprised at what percentage of draw or jobs get filled before or section or like the fourth circle of that chart. Like your most roles, like when people have availability on their team, are going to go to whoever the fuck they can get it to that they trust before they get listed publicly. Yeah, the way we do it at Netflix, or at least most companies I've been at, if someone leaves, we backfill internally. So we have like an internal job board. And then we shop that out to people that are potentially unhappy with the role. Or, and then they reach out to the direct people like Theo said, because at the end of the day, especially nowadays, people can't really take chances, right? They want people that are, they trust who they already trust already, right? So I, funny enough, I was looking at the job market today on stream just to like fuck around and see what the senior plus market was like. And I didn't actually realize it was that awful. Like no one is literally hiring right now. Um, I mean, there's like a handful of jobs, but I mean, I did your typical rounds of like Fang, other well-known tech companies, but like literally not, not much is out there. I thought there would be a lot more, um, but yeah, I was pretty surprised. So when Theo said like 30, 70%, I was like, okay, it's definitely uh, spot on. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Trash, because um, I saw you stream earlier um, on Twitch and how you were, you did apply to a few companies or a few positions, right? Um, so I got to ask you, I, I want to ask you one thing in particular, you know, you're the person who I'm close with who did this the most recently that I'm aware of. When you were looking at these positions, even though it's like a fucking drought out there, um, were those positions that you saw more catered to senior or junior, and I know you are applied to senior roles, so I don't know if you filter or not, but did you get a chance to see kind of the pool, uh, you know, distribution if they favor one or the other more? Uh, to be honest, anything you see online as kid show, it's like usually they're just positions that's been sitting there and they're just saturated with a million applicants. So it's kind of hard to gauge what's actually real because at the day, these positions are likely getting filled by referrals or internally. Um, so by the time they're even by the time you even see them, it's probably been, been filled for quite a long time. But from what I saw, like, and again, like, take this with a grain of salt, <clears throat> um, there was definitely a lot of junior positions. Whether or not they were good, I couldn't tell you. Um, and whether or not they're actually still available, highly doubtful. Typically, what I do is I go first page of any company that I want to work on, because that's usually the best place I find versus using, like, LinkedIn or Dice or whatever the heck these days. Um, but yeah, again, like, especially nowadays, like online, I just take with a grain of salt because I don't actually think those positions are actually real. And I typically go the referral route, um, like Theo said, or especially HR nowadays, reaching out to the, the employees that they trust and they know, you know, if this person works for us, I'm hopefully they'll give me someone that isn't like 
terrible. I mean, it doesn't mean just because we're going to get hired, but at least there's like some trust factor there. So, yeah. Do you guys think with what we're saying about how the power of like a referral and how much it's needed, do you think people should be spending their times polishing their resume and cover letters or should they be spending more time on lead code? And I know, I know the proper answer there is networking, but between those two, lead coding or resume building? Uh, Jake, it depends on where you're blocked at the moment. If you're getting blocked on like getting to the interview, then work on the resume. If you're getting blocked because you're not passing interviews, work on lead code. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like where are you where are you blocked? Um, if you're if you're failing a bunch of interviews but you're getting through the door, that makes a lot of sense. It's different for different people. Okay, my turn. So, um, yeah, those are those are that's that's a good point that Theo made. Um, I would say at some point, at some point, you're going to have a resume that's just good at getting past the like the the black hole. What you know? Uh, I know like there's like a fancy name for the the scanning uh, AI or whatever that that, that uh, filters out resumes. But at some point, you're going to have a resume that can get past that uh, that beast. Um, there is kind of a I would say there there's a uh, diminishing returns with doing like things like lead code uh, for interviewing. Okay, um, the Two things that I would suggest, uh, and this kind of goes back again, again to networking, right? Uh, is spending your time doing things like like mock interviews and talking to people in communities that are, you know, all about helping, uh, you know, self-taught people or people that are trying to get uh, get get their job, get a job. Um, like for instance, like Danny Thompson has uh, Commit Your Code, which is like that whole community like pillars are based off of helping you polish your resumes, uh, doing uh, interview uh, uh, mock interviews and um, helping people get their job. Um, any, any, most community, like a lot of communities are going to have, have that type of support as well to some degree or another. Uh, some will specialize in like other areas. Like for instance, Theo's community is, they're not going to help you We're do not mock interviews at all. Like I, I, I will make sure I, that people I, I hope, who ask for these things in my community, I'll and then I will send them to Jacob to send them to Danny. Okay. Well, before being interrupted, <laughs> what I was going to say is you have uh, communities like Theo's who are going to be really excellent at networking with other senior engineers, right? So thanks for interrupting me, but I, I was I was I was not going to suggest that you go do mock interviews in Theo's Discord. That's a bad idea. <laughs> I just thought it'd be funnier if I made fun of us instead of you making fun of us because I can be harsher without it looking bad. Ah, uh, fair enough. Touche. Yes, I'm. I'm the person to go to for for these these types of things. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I, it, it comes back to like I I did when I got out of the coding boot camp, uh, or when I even when I was still in it, uh, you know, five years ago. Uh, I was doing nonstop. I was doing uh, lead code problems, or at the time it was like code wars and code signal. And um, I was also on top of that. I was like, like trying to perfect my perfect my resume. And what ended up getting my first job was uh, going to meetups at the time and talking to people. Yeah. The the one piece I want to add on this is that I think both lead code and resume polishing had diminishing returns pretty early. I'd say the resume polishing does way earlier. The best, or the best performing resume I've ever had was a markdown file. And for the places that wouldn't take markdown in their submission, I would make it a dot or I make it a PDF that linked to the markdown on GitHub. 
because I just didn't give a fuck. And I found that that worked much better. I find that almost everybody, especially early career devs that are trying to get their first or second jobs, tend to way overthink their resumes and the cover letters and the stuff like that. And as I mentioned before, general path is dying, if not dead. All of these are general path things. The opportunities that are still available are going to be ones where this stuff doesn't matter as much. And like, if you're optimizing for the resume algorithm to pack your resume to the right person at the right time, you're fucked right now. You need to optimize to get to the person who you can hand the resume that will put it at the top of the pile. And at that point, nothing else really matters as long as you can impress them. Yeah, 100%. I wanted to, like, when we talked about, like, cold applying and stuff, like, I've never been a fan of that. And I'm really happy that maybe right now, momentarily, or maybe it's a, you know, a change in the in, in the way people interview or, or apply. Like, applying with a resume and a cover letter, like, that's not going to get you that far. I know in, like, university and applying to co-ops, I think that's when it matters a lot because you don't really have any experience. You're probably not going to have, like, a good referral. You could just, you know, apply and et cetera, et cetera. But nowadays... It's all about really the referral and like what happens post referral. So if you're not getting any interviews and you're being referred, then yeah, it's probably a resume thing. You probably have something that you need to fix, polish up, which shouldn't even take you that long. There's a bunch of different templates that will make your resume look nice. Um, and there's a bunch of people that you can get your stuff reviewed on. Um, and I know there's a few hands, but I, I have one question before we switch topics here. And that is, you know, do you consider lead code part of that traditional style? Like, is lead code and solving legal problems through that technical interview, do you also think that's like a traditional, potentially like dying path? Or is that still going to be a necessary, quote unquote, evil until, you know, for a stable future? There are things from the, the general path that will apply to almost every less traditional path, just because they're like, like every company and every person is going to subscribe to some percentage of the norm. None of these things will hurt and like learning enough lead code to confidently pass a technical interview will not hurt. I would say, generally speaking, if you can get to advent of code day eight and not absolutely want to die, you'll pass any technical lead code interview without too much issue. I wouldn't worry as much about that now. Like the the thing I'm pushing back on isn't any one of these pieces so much as the general like the thing that we all associate with the first job of like fresh out of university or boot camp, send, going to job fair, sending your resume to a thousand companies like on their generic like job application boards, going to or falling asleep reading to cracking or cracking the coding interview every night. Like that doesn't work anymore. Being good enough at leak code to co or be confident, great. Obsessing over leak code to hack the interview, dumb. Uh, Alex, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna echo what theo's kind of talking about from my my own recent i got my first tech job just a little over a month ago and i never submitted a resume i never did a technical interview i saw a tweet the company had posted and then um connected with them on linkedin and um we chatted i showed them one of my projects and some of the code it kind of just went from there i got an offer so it, it really does speak to what theo's saying the non-traditional path wasn't getting me through the door, but I kind of got lucky and connected with the company directly. And they wanted someone in my area, which helped me a lot. And and that's that's how it came to fruition. So you, you were talking to them on LinkedIn, but you first saw them on Twitter. But so you like you reached out to someone on the team on LinkedIn, or can you like dive into that a bit more? Yeah. So the CEO had, had posted a tweet, and I'd actually heard about the company earlier in the year. They were they were on sixty minutes, so they were already 
kind of on my radar and I knew they were they were not too far from where I live and and I was following the CEO and he posted that tweet and and then I it was right before Thanksgiving and 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 I was planning I said all right right after the holiday I'm reach out I reached out we talked the same day and then I also talked to another member of the team and it just happened really quickly like that and it was very non-traditional as opposed to other interview processes I had been on it definitely speaks to to what Theo's saying Jacob go ahead yeah so um over the years my opinions changed a lot about uh doing things like like uh hacker rank lead code code signal all these um type of uh code problem solving uh gamified websites i i love them i think they're awesome but i love them for what they should be viewed as which is uh puzzles right like you can go play chess or you can go do chess puzzles and you can go code or you could do go do code puzzles by the way uh disclaimer i got the day like three or four i think of advent of code this year and just just said f this and um walked away so like if you're struggling there as well don't be super discouraged um <laughs> it's not it's not easy uh uh theo here by the way is uh, uh insanely good at it and fanatical um to be clear but- i was awful code type stuff when I got my first job. I failed all of the technical parts of my technical interview. The only reason I passed Mm. my job interview at Twitch was because the the edge manager who interviewed me first, who absolutely loved me, technically counted as a technical interview, even though we just talked about Daft Punk. Theo, I can't even imagine you failing a a technical interview. Like, I can't imagine that not to, like, fluff your ego too much, but... (laughs) I'm so bad. Back then, it made a lot more sense. What, to me, is much funnier is... I've talked about this a bit, but I fuck it. This is being recorded. It's time I vent more about it. I got rejected from Linear about a year and a half ago before even getting to the technical because I expressed how excited I was to learn from Jory, who was like a crazy React performance guru that happened to be working at uh, or at Linear. And my first interview was with him, and I was like, "Hey, man, I've watched your talks. I'm super excited to work with and learn from you." And I got rejected because they were look quote looking for someone who wouldn't need much mentorship which is just so funny to reject me for. Mm. What? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, just to finish off what I was saying real quick too, um, the using, using these things as kind of like, like brain teasers and things that like you do because you enjoy them rather than things that you're doing because um, you feel like you have to, <clears throat> there's other ways to improve um, that like you can find that you enjoy rather than uh doing something uh that you you are like like just you you are not enjoying right um and and the other thing this is the this is a big big caveat but it is happening more and more uh even in even currently with like the uh, as melky had put it a, a lot of companies are are doing hiring freezes that are not hiring freezes like they're like we're we're not hi- in a hiring freeze everybody but don't hire anybody okay <laughs> so um the the thing is is like more and more companies are moving away from that like traditional whiteboarding technical interview style where it's like you know uh reverse this binary uh uh tree or 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 uh doubly linked list or whatever you know like um it's it's becoming um you're, you're seeing a lot more realistic uh interviews or at least like things that um are let's say uh, 
I don't want to say friendlier, but like um, they maybe they'll pair program with you on a, on a on a problem or give you a take home or some other thing like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, code puzzles. Yeah, I know. Um, so I just want to say, like, I think we everyone here is kind of agreeing that you know, lead code has been like a very staple in getting hired, especially in the Fang jobs and. Everybody kind of wants to be a fang job, so that's why Leco was so popularized, where people are hiring people based on this kind of criteria of making sure, or at least checking the, the I guess, capabilities of a candidate. And, you know, I do want to say that there's different, like, some people hate it, and some people love it. So I, you know, to people who are coming out of like a boot camp or, like, still in university and prepping to apply for the first job in this tough market, which... I think we all can agree right now is a, it's a tough time to land a tech job. It's not impossible, but it's much tougher. Uh, and it's one of the tougher periods, at least that I'm aware of in the last five, five years. Um, but I do want to say like, I know people who absolutely hate take homes unless it's a paid take home, you know, like, so it's not a thing. Of, oh, they're using you. Like they'll pay for the take home to value your skills. I know people who hate that just as I know people who hate lead code or hate even pair programming and doing stuff like that. So, you know, for me, I'm kind of listening and thinking, you know, what is a true answer? How truly, do you, how do you evaluate someone or how do you really interview someone to land a position, hire them in your company? You know, if it's not a lead code, then what is it? What is that, that evaluation criteria? Have you seen my Dan Abramov interview by chance? Yep. Yeah. Did you read the doc that I linked on it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm grabbing it now. Give one sec. Can you give spark notes on it? Yeah, uh, the TLDR of it is what I do at Ping and what I've done for most of my interviews is I try to get a doc to the candidate ahead of time that specifically calls out the um, there that like four different methods of interview. Method one is the traditional leak code pro or problem. I give some examples in the doc. Option two is what I call the like pragmatist, which is a more traditional like problem you would have at work. So I provide a little bit of code. I give you a like problem to, to build with using whatever technology you prefer. Usually it's for front end leaning role. So we'll usually do like a React or if you use a different framework, whatever you prefer to use for it. Question, I'll have them build a Pokédex where I give them some JSON blobs, then I give them some pre-made components and watch them interact and like see how they work as a developer for it. And then I have the, um, or the third option is bring your own problem, which is Send me a repo ahead of time. Give me an idea of something you want to work on, be it you want to fix a bug or add a feature. Let me know. I'll read the code ahead of time, see if it's like a reasonable fit for us to like get good technical info from. And then I'll hop in an interview with you where we just pair program for two hours and see how that goes. And then I have a fourth option, which is entirely DIY. If you think you can impress me with your technical ability in some way that I haven't listed out an option for here, let me know ahead of time. And if I like the idea, we'll do that instead. Like whatever you think will show off your technical ability best, I'm down for. This is literally how interviews should be done by every company. I really need to publish my video about this. I, I recorded a video. It was me and Jack Harrington being, being lazy about it. Uh, Shruti, go ahead. Hey, um, Theo, that was actually an excellent way of interviewing candidates, especially like giving them the choice to choose what they want to do. That actually reminded me of the process that I went through while I was looking for a job. I've been working at Slack and I was job searching before that. Um, I think somebody was mentioning, I think Jacob was mentioning code is uh, a, is an option that folks were using, companies were using before, but now folks are moving on to more practical approaches, especially things that you're going to be using closer to in your day-to-day -day life. And I found that to be so true, especially during job search. Um, 
10, if I was in E7, out of them would um, ask me, like, for, for example, I'm in front end. So they would ask me front end related questions, but three of them would still ask me, like, data structure and algorithms. And I'm kind of the person lead code. So I would always kind of like do my, um, do my assessment of what they're going to be asking me. Um, so I'll ask the recruiter, hey, what's, what's the interview process going to be like? And if they say data structures and algorithms, depends on how, how important that interview would be for me. I would usually not go forward with it because I hate lead code. I don't want to do lead code. So I was um, consciously gearing with companies that were asking front-end questions. Um, and one of the things that really me about the company that I'm currently working on is their interview process. And it's kind of similar to what Theo was saying as well. Um, so at Slack, the way we interview is um, we give you a, we give you like a pull request to review and your technical abilities are kind of measured on the way, by the way, you review the, the code. So how easily you can find out problems, how do you solve these problems, suggest um, how kind you are in PR. And I thought that was a way of interviewing candidates because it's basically what you're going to be doing in your day-to-day -day life. So wanted to give that as I really like that one. I have immediate concerns about like who that does and doesn't work for. Specifically, something I found is I, I I'm in the unique place where I'm interviewing a lot of people who are very very technically talented, but don't have much work experience and are awkward and unfamiliar with the code review process. If you're exclusively hiring people who have like experience working with teams and you're or you're not interested in helping someone like be mentored through that. This process kicks fucking ass, and I'm actually going to steal this for like future interviews. That said, there are definitely people that will get filtered out by this in the same way that DSA problems filter out some people. And that's why I like offering options the way I do, is my goal is to not filter out any specific type of person based on the interview style itself. Yeah, totally. And uh, one of the things that Slack does well is either the take-home exercise, which is review the pull request, um, give your suggestions, or do it in person, like an interview problem in person. So I think giving options is definitely a great way. Yeah, I just want to jump in here for a second. Um, you know, great point. That's that's like a really good way to kind of keep giving options to the candidates and such. Um, but I know I know a lot of people who are maybe just starting out have gone through like a boot camp, right? Maybe they have you know done a few courses online. They've gone through a boot camp, and then they go through the interview process. And I know a lot of people get discouraged because they go from boot camp where they learn maybe a more practical thing like building a website or building a full stack application you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but then when they get into an interview process they get hit with a reverse of binary tree you know a, a core legal problem that you you never get exposed of or two in like a junior engineers here are listening that like all because one company that you really want to go for is giving you a prompt that's a lead code that may not be your style because, you know, I personally never use reverse binary list at my, at my work. You know, I had to do it for the interview. I never had to do that shit at work. Not, not once. Um, but I, I, again, like it's, it's almost like a necessary evil. So having and hearing that other companies like Slack or, you know, Theo's approach that give more, you know, opportunity for the candidate to excel. I think that's key. And I think that's kind of the real switch in the interview process that we're seeing moving forward? Um, so two things. One, uh, I just want to mention that at one point, uh, I did have an interviewer ask me to like reverse a uh, binary tree. 
And um, they were like, how would you do that? And I said, I would Google it. And they laughed and they're like, okay, so how would you do this? And I was like, I would Google it. And that was pretty much the end of that interview. My, um, <laughs> my, uh, uh, my next thing is uh, I was going to say that Danny, you, you should be speaking because you know, you're uh, the, uh, the junior whisperer. What Danny's in here, Dan? Danny! Called out Danny. He was hiding. I don't even know how I came up as a speaker, by the way. It just like randomly pulled me up here. Don't understand that. But I, I did I, promise I, Melky that I'll catch one of his spaces, so I came to show support. Yeah, I called out your Discord as well, dog. You gotta talk about your Discord and how you help all these these people looking for jobs and all these juniors that are trying to learn. I also want to pick Danny's yeah. brain a little bit because I think things have changed and I'm curious on his thoughts. Oh, we are, we're going to start with the Theo-Danny argument so early in the day? Okay, let's go for it. Content. Yeah, so TLDR, I think Danny and I have historically had very different approaches to the job hunt, but a very strong appreciation of why each other have such a different approach, where, like, with the, like, general traditional approach versus the, like, less traditional, like, deep community-focused approach that I was discussing before, Danny is the king of the more traditional approach and doing everything you can to make those dice rolls go in your favor. My concern is that right now with the closing of so many roles and opportunities that a lot of those more general approaches are going to not work as well. And a lot of the like LinkedIn building stuff is not going to be as successful. Whereas something I've heard Danny talk a lot about before, which is look at the technologies that are being used in your local area and like straight up like door knock your way into your first role. I think that now is stronger than ever. And I was curious what Danny's thoughts were on how these things have changed. Yeah. So uh, I can tell you that when it comes to, because this is a conversation we've been having a lot lately, right? When it comes to a lot of the bigger tech, I've, my DMs and messages and even Discord have been flooded with juniors freaking out like, oh, you know, all these companies doing layoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, should we stop learning how to code? And it's crazy because I've had to like kind of shift my content away from focusing on like different topics to be like, no, 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 you should still learn to code. This ain't like a, a get rich quick scheme or a side hustle. This is a career that you're building out. But I think people are losing sight of the fact that not just the tech industry, but all industries are kind of having layoffs. I'm hearing accounting firms laying folks off. I'm, matter of fact, a, a big buddy of mine who was a recruiter, tons of recruiters got laid off. It's not just tech in general. It's a recession, right? So it's going to affect all areas. But the reality is once this pullback is over, because it's inevitable, it has, there's going to be a time where things start bouncing back. Might be in six months, might be a year, whatever it may be. They're going to go hiring again. So, one thing that I'm, and I really want to say this now because I know there's a lot of beginners in here. Please prepare yourself for that time. Use this time for that preparation so that way, once that time comes, you're at the forefront of a lot of conversations instead of in the back area. But with that being said, I'm telling you right now, every single day, I'm getting messages from people where they just landed their job. Like literally six hours ago, I got a DM from somebody who just landed their first job in tech. Like, even though it's difficult, without a shadow of a doubt, it's not as hot as it was, let's say, 10 months ago, but that doesn't mean that companies aren't hiring. Hell, even my company's hiring. Like we're hiring devs right now as we speak. So big tech and the news lines and like all the headlines and newspapers, I get it. It's crazy. It's scary, but I'm telling you right now, you're learning a very in-demand set of skills. 
the jobs are going to be there. Now, for me, I've always said, and to think about this as well, to kind of go back to one thing that, you know, Theo mentioned, I am a very big proponent of trying to learn what's in demand within your area. I always say, you know, learn the in-demand stack and find out the technologies that people are hiring for instead of just learning what some random YouTuber may tell you to learn or, you know, whatever random bootcamp says is in demand. Do the research because I think that research is going to guide you where you need to be. But a lot of the companies that are doing the hiring even right now are going to be your more enterprise level established companies as opposed to the mom and pop shops that I'm seeing kind of pull their funds back a little bit to kind of see what's happening over the next few months. It kind of goes back to one thing that I've always said is the more established companies are going to do more than just one dev or five devs. They're going to be hiring boatloads, right? So even my company right now, I think we're hiring like 20 plus devs as we speak, 30 plus devs. And that's just in rotations. And that's even with the quote unquote recession, et cetera, right? But one thing that I will say is, and I'm a very big proponent of this, is you need to be networking. You need to be doing stuff outside of just um trying to go the traditional route with just a resume i don't me personally when it comes to like the list of things that you need to be doing to be marketable as a candidate the resume is the last option it's not the first option i do believe you need to be networking you need to be going to meetups you need to be working on open source product all that good stuff to kind of just make those connections i always say network with intent so that way you can actually make intentional actions to make the real meaningful conversations um discord is obviously great ones I, I'm, I'm always lurking in theo's discord it's phenomenal i mean if you're not in there high recommend checking that out but i mean there's discords everywhere to be honest during the pandemic everybody and their brother decided to make a discord so you can find a discord anywhere talking about anything and create a couple connections with some people that you may or may not know so it's easier i can say right now without a shadow of a doubt it's easier now to network with really valuable connections that you probably couldn't have done than it was before the pandemic because i can tell you this pre-pandemic a ton of people weren't using discord the way they're using it now like i see it even people that I never would have thought were using Discord are now using it on a daily basis. So that's there. Meetups, you have virtual meetups, in-person meetups. You've got all kinds of conferences that you can go to. Tons of them have that used to cost money are now free because of the virtual options. Tons of opportunities to really meet some amazing individuals. So highly recommend checking that out. Hopefully that helps. And hopefully that kind of answers the question that you asked. Yeah, when are we doing the meetup? Yeah, the, the one thing that I, I find too that is interesting is it feels that the current state of things have moved you very slightly in my direction, Danny. Not that you weren't previously making the recommendations to do this networking and community stuff, but I, I hear you talking about LinkedIn and cold applications a decent bit less because I, I think it's realistic that those are less viable opportunities now than they were prior. The things that you would find on random job boards online are much less likely to both exist and be good opportunities now than they were before. Well, I don't think I've ever said like scour job boards. As a matter of fact, the one thing that I tell people the most to do is to actually check out the company career pages because that's where you're going to find a lot of roles that a lot of people aren't actually knowing about or applying to. And what's funny, this is the example that I always give people. Um, and since we have beginners in here, I think is a prime example to kind of explain this. When you go on websites, let's say like Indeed.com or Monster.com or whatever the flavor of the month is that you decide to use for a job board. Did you enter your credit card information to enter that website? No, right? That means you're not the thing that they're monetizing. 
the companies are paying to advertise their jobs there. So when it comes to hiring a junior developer, for example, they know if they post that job, they're getting 10,000 applications in an hour. Why do they pay, need to pay in order to get that exposure? They'll just slap it on their company career page and they're going to do two things. Number one, they're going to ask their developers that work there, like, you know anybody that can work for this? Or have you met anybody or know anybody that could possibly be a fill? And the second one is, it's on our career page. If they find it, they apply, let's talk to them. So that's the other reason why networking is so valuable in that respect because those devs are going to know about those junior roles way before indeed or monster.com ever find out about them i want to jump in here danny that's a great point thank you like the back for theo and danny to get those uh you know perspectives we talked a lot about networking it seems like that's kind of the highlight here it's like the power of networking you know network with intent stolen from danny I, and and this is stupid i know i'm gonna ask this dumb question but i want that just so people aren't confused because I know a lot of people, they hit me up, they go into, you know, DMs or whatever, or in the live chat and they say, I don't know how to network. You know, I I just don't know how to do it. I can, I'm a monster at lead code, but I just don't know how to network. And obviously Danny, you already said, you know, join the discords, join, you know, communities, join, you know, these Twitter spaces, et cetera, et cetera. But for someone coming in, you know, a new person who isn't integrated into social media strong like that, you know, what are the best tactics to get yourself involved and to get yourself into a community where you can start networking, start meeting people, start joining the Danny Discords, the Theo Discords, the Trash and Melky Lives, you know? What are the best approaches? A bunch of hands went up. Uh, I don't know the order there. So uh, I'll just... <laughs> Oh, Danny, I think you can go first, and then we'll go Jacob, Leia, Alex, and then Trash. I'll let somebody else go first. I know exactly what I'm going to say, and I'm probably going to run my mouth a little bit. So let me give everybody else a chance first before I go on to my little thing on, like, the best ways you can network, especially if you're not a networking kind of person. So somebody else goes first. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just – first off, I want to say, Danny, um, when, is, when, is our, when, are, when are we going to do a meetup together? Um, that's my, my first statement. Um, just keep, keep ghosting me on that. I, I, I feel, I feel anyways, anyways, everybody, um, how to, how to network without being a good networker. So this is the thing. Um, I'm autistic. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, uh, autistic and I not great at socializing, not a natural like speaker. Okay? It's hard. It's extremely hard. Uh, especially like, oh, man, especially going to in-person meetups. I just did a, a work meetup with a bunch of people I work with constantly. And it might as well have been like 50 strangers. Okay. Um, this is the thing. Um, one thing you could do is, uh, you find things like, like, uh, you know, there's things like meetup.com and all that other stuff, but find things in your community, like in your actual physical community in your area that you could physically go to and kind of just kind of just be present you don't have to interact with people the first few times you go to meetups my first few meetups when i was at a coding boot camp in seattle um i didn't really talk to a whole lot of people i just kind of like stood back and watched how other people were communicating watched how other what other people were talking about what was the the buzz that was that was the biggest parts of the conversations that were happening um and then after that, I went and I looked into those things that people were talking about. And then the next meetups I went to, I had information. I had things that I could talk about myself uh, that I could bring to the table about those topics. Um, you know, as fast as JavaScript ecosystems move or as fast as the tech industry moves, it doesn't move that fast. 
Like you, you could still do that kind of research. Um, the the other thing is like like digital communities, right? Uh, there's for every technology you're using, um, and it really it really doesn't matter what what ecosystem you're in. It doesn't matter if you're JavaScript, PHP, Java. It doesn't matter. Pretty much every tool in that stack probably has a community around it. And when I say a community, I'm, I'm talking like a full blown like a Discord server, a Slack server. Uh, a reddit page like all these things um and if you if you particularly are interested in or love one of those technologies right like say like you're using the t3 stack like theo's theo's baby um and you're like wow i really like trpc well there's most definitely a community around trpc um and that's that's definitely a good entry point so that's where i would say it's another place that you could start all right that's my that's my two cents I would say that it's kind of similar to the journey of learning to code. You got to fail forward, kind of like Jacob was was getting at. Um, you got to go to meetups. Even if you don't talk to anybody, I think it got especially hard for me after COVID, uh, getting used to going back to doing things like that. But I just made myself do it and I could talk a little bit to some people. And eventually you're going to hopefully feel more comfortable if you push yourself to that and, and maybe have a buddy go, whether they're tech or not, just have somebody go with you and Usually if I know somebody at an event, I feel a lot more comfortable. And also you can do the same thing, have a buddy join a digital meetup, an online meetup, and then just try to, you know, say something, say one thing in a meetup, and then you can build from that. You know, uh, you have to kind of just put yourself out there, get a little uncomfortable, and then feel a lot more comfortable and hopefully chat a little bit and, and just fail forward just like you do when you're learning to code. Yeah, Leah, go ahead. Okay. Um. So... Not necessarily sure if these are the best ways, um, but I'm a junior dev. I did 100 devs um, online boot camp, and I got my first job in November. And ways that really helped me um, is I did my networking online. So I learned in public. I posted all my stuff on Twitter. I started streaming on Twitch, and that's how I built my community a lot. Um, I ended up actually getting the job I have now because um, a fellow 100 devs member who got a job had saw like the work I was posting on Twitter. And so he referred me to work at his company because he knew like kind of that I knew I was talking about. And so he wanted to refer me. So I would just say like posting on Twitter and networking that way could be a really good way to start. And you could get a job just through those connections. So don't think like if you're scared to go out to meetups in person that you can't network because you could just post on Twitter, even if you can like start streaming, different things like that are great great ways to network. Um, and then also if you could do coffee chats one-on-one, -on -one, those are great ways to network as well. And a lot of people post on Twitter um, saying that they're open to coffee chats. So I would say look for those opportunities. Hey, I just want to uh, add in before we give Danny the, the mic here to answer this. Uh, don't, if you're going to do a coffee chat, go to the coffee chat. Because I know Trash and Mew, they've, they've opened their calendar coffee chats. And these people got stuck so much. So don't be that person. You know, don't forget. Add in your calendar. Show up. Um, but I want to double down. Um, like, I basically learned how to program and met everyone here via Twitch. So I just kind of recorded myself programming one day and, you know, that's how I got my foot in the door of this amazing community. And I knew no one. I don't, I didn't know anybody. So I came from like, absolutely, no, I never went to meet up, didn't know how to program, didn't even know what hello world meant. Um, but I just 
went into Twitch, streamed in the programming category. And, you know, years later, uh, you know, I, I've met a lot of cool people. So I think the first step is always potentially the most daunting one, but it's the one that can be the most rewarding. And it's just the, you know, as Shadowbook says, just do it. So I recommend, you know, get into something, either tweet something first, put content out there, join a Discord. If Even if you've never had Discord before, just download Discord, join a group, and then figure it out on your way. But that first step is always crucial. Um, yeah, Danny, I think I think we're ready for, for what you got for us. Everyone's expectations are so high right now that it's going to be such a letdown. But I don't know why I waited for Danny to talk. But here's a couple things that I'll tell you that are like the best ways to network, especially if you don't even know how to do this right now. Right? So number one, I'm a very big believer. If you have never really done networking, I want to kind of like destroy one idea for you. Networking isn't this thing where you walk in with like a PowerPoint presentation and you're like, here are three reasons why I need you to hire me for this role. No, you're focused on building genuine connections with real people, right? So when I tell people about this, I'm like, if you're going to a meetup, you're not going there with, a, you know, a file to show people. You're going there saying, oh, this is a React meetup. You like React? So do I. Let's talk. Through those genuine real connections you end up building with people, a lot of opportunities may come your way. Some opportunities may come your way. But the real focus here is building out that huge network where people now know what you're about, what you're knowledgeable of, things that you've done, et cetera, et cetera, right? And the reason why I mentioned meetups in particular is I'm a huge fan of meetups, right? Like before I even started posting on social media, I was going to and hosting meetups for about two and a half years before I ever had like a social media presence. The entire network that I ended up building at that time was just people that I was talking to at meetups, events I was going to, hackathons, et cetera, right? Made an amazing network, brought tons of opportunities to me through that path. And then the reality is LinkedIn kind of kicked things up a notch and I was able to really like pull that network out to another degree. I definitely think you should be networking on LinkedIn, especially as a software developer. I feel like it's one of the most underutilized tools, but here's the thing. And a lot of people kind of lose sight of this. And the same applies to Twitter, by the way, for me, I don't necessarily think you should be trying to slide into every single person's DM, right? When you slide into my DM, I'll be honest with you, it's impossible. At this point, it's almost impossible for me to keep up with DMs. I don't really check them if I'm being real about it. I need to know a DM is coming for me to catch it. This, that's just me being 100% real with you, right? I know a lot of other people like that, and I know a lot of people that have a ton of time where they go through every single DM message that they get, and they apply, to, like, reply, right? It's going to be different for everybody. But when you're thinking about the kind of connections that you're trying to make, when it's like directors and hiring managers and engineering managers, et cetera, et cetera, they're not going to necessarily have the time to just sit there all day filtering through every single message that they get to try and reply to them individually. But here's the difference. Instead of taking that work and, and going straight into the DMs, what if you start seeing their post and comment publicly on that post? The reason why I'm talking about this in particular is anyone that, let's say hiring managers or even software developers, using me as an example, I'm a software developer. I know tons of other software developers. Hiring managers know tons of other hiring managers. Recruiters know tons of other recruiters. So who do you think is on their profiles? other recruiters, other software devs, other engineering managers, et cetera, et cetera, by commenting publicly. And here's the thing. You're not spamming something. You're not saying, oh, check out this project I made. You're adding value to the overall conversation and you're adding it in a way that it shows your perspective, your knowledge, and your expertise in X, Y, Z of whatever's being discussed. 
by doing that, someone's going to be like, ooh, I really like this comment from Shashi over here. Let me check out the profile. They click on the profile. You've now guided somebody to all your information and stuff that you have, and they're now going to start learning everything about you. That's also the reason why I say if you're, for example, using LinkedIn to network, make sure your profile showcases all the stuff that you want to show, like the projects, your open source contributions, problems that you've solved, and the reason why you believe your solution to be correct. These are great talking points to really showcase what you bring to the conversation. Same thing with Twitter. Like I would be having that same stuff set up in that way. So if I'm talking to somebody, I'm networking with somebody, they at least have some things that they can check out of mind to at least get them that spark of inspiration to say, I need to have a conversation with Leah or I have to have a conversation with Avi or Yuri. That's the way that you kind of end up doing that. Discord, another prime example, if, especially if you're in a Discord, let's say like, I hate to plug my own, but commit your code Discord. We have a lot of people in there that are absolute beginners, and we have fang-level devs in there that just donate their time hanging out. Do you know how many people have gotten recommendations just from the active contributions that they've had in there? Like, we constantly have see that happen all the time. Same thing happens when it comes to open source. If you're contributing to an open source project, people that are interested in that, they're going to be paying attention to you, especially if you're actively doing so. Same thing with pretty much anywhere you go. So, uh, especially meetup communities, the way I used to use meetups, honestly, I used to literally sit there with whatever project I had at that time, and I would just tell people, can you tear this apart and give me like an unofficial code review? What was terrible? What could be better? I started learning better practices through that, and I started making great connections with developers that worked at companies. So when I got to go interview at that company, I had a referral in there. I knew exactly some of the best practices that they utilized, so I was able to showcase that in the interview as well. I showcased by telling them, hey, I actually learned this from one of your devs, Guess what? They love seeing that because now not only did I pay attention, I internalized it, studied it, and now I was able to replicate it in an interview process. It's a great way to kind of make that happen. But when it comes to networking, please don't make this like this whole sales pitch kind of thing where you're trying to get them to quote unquote buy you, right? But what I will say is one really, really important thing you can do. I'm a big believer in the elevator pitch, especially if you're someone that's kind of nervous and speaking to people. The first 45 seconds of a conversation can dictate the next 45 minutes. And if you're able to give them a great amount of information right away, you may end up hooking them to wanting to find out way more about you. So if you're really a nervous speaker in the beginning and you want to break the ice with something valuable, kind of talk about some of the things that you've been doing and develop the elevator pitch. And you don't need to make it like, oh, I went to this college and this. Talk about things that you're really into and the things that you want to really showcase as your skill set. It'll totally be a game changer for you. Hopefully that helps some folks. That was huge i don't even i don't have anything to follow up with but jacob i see your hand hands raised thank you danny uh, as usual danny immaculate but my my thing obviously i i'm not a huge fan of uh of elevator pitches um the, the thing is though is danny's not wrong they work okay they are you could think of them as like the the, the preface in a book okay they're like the pretext the thing that kind of kind of primes you for the rest of the conversation um and it gives the other individual a lot of context about yourself and, and the things that you uh, aspire to and, and the things that you're interested in, uh, kind of like what you're all about. Um, and a lot of these people in certain situations, like say, uh, you know, maybe meetups or uh, in uh, tr like, like maybe like phone screening interviews and stuff, your time is, is limited, that, that is really key. Um, one, one thing I usually say too, um, just in regards to like, since we're talking about the elevator pitch, when you're having a conversation with say a phone screener or you're in, um, 
a meetup situation, you're networking with people. There's like all these books and all these like methods, like the, the five point method or whatever, all those things are. They tried to shove that down my throat when I was uh, at a coding boot camp. Uh, I didn't bite because I saw all most of that. And I was like, oh, that's stuff that um, I read out of a like sociology book when I was, you know, trying to understand how to human. Um, and that is not, it's not, it's, it's, it's not authentic. Okay. It feels synthetic when you are in a conversation and you're kind of like uh, uh, robotically reading off of like this, like step-by-step way of like how to um, uh, tell another human being about yourself. Um, So like, yes, elevator pitches are great, but once you get past that elevator pitch, um, you're going to want to have like general topics to talk about, about yourself, about the things you're interested in uh, and like, and but like organically let the, that conversation also happen. Um, I, I, I am not a fan of the like, I forget what it's called, like the, the five point five star. I don't know. Maybe Danny knows what I'm talking about. Go ahead. I actually don't. But the, the I got one comment. So I think uh, maybe this is alluding to that. I'm not advocating here for someone to be inauthentic. Right. You should be super authentic. Be you. But I think it's really important. For example, I know when I get nervous, there are a lot of things about myself that I forget, especially like my early interviews. I forget to talk about projects that I made. I forget to talk about how I even use the technology that they had in their job description. So by having the elevator pitch where it's like, hey, I know Java. I know uh, React or Angular. I know this. I made this project where I used a government API and I displayed this information. Or, for example, even saying something along the lines of, I love React. And right now that I'm learning something about xyz that could be your elevator pitch but at least having something prepared that at least it kind of covers and gives out the over amount of information i have no clue about no five point whatever but one one thing that i'll say here is i sometimes even now i get nervous when i speak to certain people so i like to have like a couple ideas kind of jotted down especially if i'm going to an interview i I like to have like two or three talking points that if i get nervous or if i feel the interview is not going in the direction i wanted to go into i can kind of direct the conversation there organically and remember to talk about hey i made this project using this API and I know this is something that y'all utilize because it's in the job description, et cetera, et cetera. So Danny, for me, that's kind of where I'm thinking. Danny, yeah. Danny, I keep telling you, you don't have to be nervous every time you talk to me. You know, it's 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 the beard, man. It's the beard. I'm jealous <laughs> and, and mine doesn't grow that long. Or if it does, you know, it never goes my favor. So that yeah, that that was that was awesome. Thank you. Um I I do kind of want to steer the because con- we talked about networking a lot. And I think we kind of really drove the point of, you know, A, the emphasis of networking, the effect of networking, what it can do for you, and kind of how to introduce yourself if you're, you know, a person who may not be naturally good at networking. Um, do you think there's such thing? So on the topic of networking, like the whole genuine being disingenuine, there was one thing I noticed, and I know if people here, they know about the blind community, blind, I think it's teamblind.com or something. Um if you don't, it's like an anonymous board post. It's pseudo-anonymous. You kind of have to log in with like a company email or whatever. But basically, people will post things about their, their company on this job board or on this forum, I suppose. And one of the things there that I talked about like months ago was getting basically these blanket referrals. And those obviously don't exist now due to the hiring freeze. But at one point, you're able to just go to blind, ask for a referral, say, hey, 
you know, I'm a mid-level engineer with so-and-so skills looking for referrals. And you'd actually get people posting and DMing you about giving a referral. So like, what, what is your opinion on that kind of shallow level, you know, networking, you know, obviously I think due to the state of the economy, that's no longer a thing, no longer feasible, but let's say we're, you know, 10 months ago in that same economy, we get the referral. Is it something you would advocate for people to get if they're kind of desperate for a job or would you disagree? Uh, let's go, Alex. We haven't heard from you in a, in a bit. Yeah, I would say that like Danny was talking about with making things authentic, you want to try to make the connections authentic. So when I reached out to a senior person for a coffee chat, I tried to always find some level of relatability, like whether we live in the same area or maybe I find they like a, a they have a similar hobby to me, like I think it's important it's the same tech. I think it's important to find some commonality, find some common ground and seek authentic connections just like you want to be authentic at a meeting. Yeah, uh Jacob or Danny, I think no one else has a hand raised, so either one of you guys can go. Yeah. Um just just a quick thing. Um I don't know how Danny's going to approach this, but my my thing is uh there there's two takes to this. One is uh kind of kind of piggybacking off what Alex is saying, which is if you're looking for authentic connections, that's obviously not the way to do it. Um, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be networking that way. That's not networking. It's it's not beneficial in that way whatsoever. Um, the the second thing though, which is it's a caveat, like a little asterisk. Okay, is if your only goal was to get past, uh, say the um, the resume black hole. Okay, to get through that 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 kind of like HR recruiter. Um, uh, black hole that exists and you're very confident that you are, you'll be able to do well in the phone screening and the technical interviews and the team interviews and all that. If, if that was your, just your main goal. Um, sure. It, it's, it's another tool at your disposal uh, at the time. It doesn't really work now, like you said, Melky, but yes, it, it was, it was a way to, uh, to kind of bypass that, uh, that messed up system that exists. Um the thing is, though, is you are bypassing the system. That's a shortcut. Shortcuts have consequences. For instance, now in the current market, um, if you do send a resume uh, your and your resume is not up to par with these scanners and you don't have the network because you didn't build one because you were abusing uh, that system uh, for not networking purposes, <laughs> you aren't making authentic networks, you're kind of stuck in a in a a very bad place uh, in both directions now, right? You don't have a network and uh, you are not capable of going down the more traditional path. So that's the, there, there's a consequence to it, but there's for sure a, uh, a rationalization as well. So I'll use an example here to kind of illustrate this. This was literally last week, by the way. So I told you we're hiring some developers. I actually posted on LinkedIn saying, hey, we're hiring for a mid-level dev. A lot of put out the little description. I was like, if you're interested, let me know, right? Got a ton of replies. Some of them were from people I had no clue about, right? So, of course, I'm checking their stuff out, et cetera, et cetera. But then I got to really talk to people that I do know that were great fits for the role. So if I'm going to refer somebody, I, I want to refer someone that I actually know that what they're capable of, et cetera, et cetera. Now, in the nicest way, we are recording this. So I'm going to try and use a nicer word than what I was going to use. But honestly, developers have shit resumes. I don't know. And that's the nicer word, by the way. But I swear to God, I don't know what it is about developers. We don't understand to a certain degree on how to make a great resume. And so I had a great candidate, not a, not a junior, mind you, four years of experience in the industry, right? 
hand over the resume and the 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 hiring manager that I handed it to he's like oh this is terrible like I, he's going to skip it right because I knew this candidate I knew their projects I've talked to them on multiple occasions over the years I've even been at meetups with them I knew what they could bring to the table instead of that shitty resume making them lose that opportunity I wouldn't have fought for them cuz I knew them that's the difference between like a blind referral or you actually developing a real connection with somebody and they know what you're capable of. That's the real reason why you want to be networking with intent versus these blind referrals. Now, here's the thing. Everyone get can kind of get lucky, right? And you get the blind referral. Maybe it helps out. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you end up getting tossed in an interview. You never wanted to be in the first place. But one of the best parts of a referral is the person referring you sets the tone, gives information, kind of helps you out in a way before you even walk into that interview, whether you realize it or not. That's the big, big bonus, especially if you're like you're a beginner. A referral can definitely open doors for you. But that blind referral where like if they say, hey, check out Sean, You're like, okay, sure. I'll check out Sean. What, what do you know about Sean? Oh, I don't know. You know, he's a developer. Here's his resume. That's not really going to do anything for you at the grand scheme. It's not going to help you on the, in the overall job search. If, I, if I'm being completely honest. And I think also you have to remember at the, be like near the beginning of pandemic, things were very different than they were now. There was a huge, huge shortage. Now I'm not saying the shortage disappeared. We still have a huge shortage when it comes to people solving problems. Don't get me wrong. But at that time in particular, People weren't leaving their jobs. People weren't trying to move. People weren't trying to do this. Companies everywhere needed devs bad. Now, here's the thing. Companies have kind of scaled back. Maybe they're not hiring 100 devs. Maybe they're hiring 20. They're still hiring, but it's de definitely not in the amounts that we ha had maybe a year ago. That's not going to be a permanent thing, by the way. I know some people are freaking out about that. It's very, very, very temporary. But please understand. That was a desperate situation. It was almost like a perfect storm where that kind of played off. That's not going to be the situation going forward. So focus on really building. That's why I'm always talking about building genuine relationships. The reason why I say that is because the genuine part of that relationship is going to be the thing that kind of opens up everything for you. And the reality is, if I'm being real, I've met some truly phenomenal people just do like even twitter spaces or discords or meetups people that i consider friends for like jacob theo shashi i met all these people on twitter just do what i guess you could say networking because we were just kind of connecting over stuff that we were geeking out about next thing i know boom we've been talking for like well over a year i still i consider Wait, them friends? friends for sure uh not you we're everybody else though oh okay all right, all right. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Not, you, not you everybody else everybody else but <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you this, the reason why Jacob and I can't get jump on a call is because we'll be on there for three and a half hours because we don't stop talking to each other. So we had that happen. We jumped on a Discord call one day for a 10-minute call. Two hours later, we were getting off like, okay, we got to start time boxing this stuff. But uh, you make that just to a genuine relationship. So focus on that for your dog, network. You got, you got me in trouble, by the way. Yeah, I'm hey, sure. You got, me in you got me in trouble, dog. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, I, I will say one thing, you know, uh, there's some amazing speakers up here, people that I truly, truly respect. And then there's Jacob. So make sure you follow, you know, these great people that are donating their time to kind of, you know, give you information and help out and all that good stuff. And um, I'll, I'll still stick around. I may be in the background a little bit or try and help out where I can. Uh, I'm going to do some things with my family for a little bit. So I'm probably just going to leave the headphones in, but uh, definitely great hanging out with y'all. And great space, Melky. Congratulations on doing Twitter spaces regularly. Shashi. Yo, Melky, thanks for having me on here. I hate going after Danny, but I'm going to add something. 
a little bit different here. Um, like what Danny was saying, right? Relationships matter, network matters. But you have to realize that not every network or connection is going to be fruitful right away, right? Not everything is going to have instant gratification with your, with your connections. Sometimes it takes months, years, and sometimes it takes a really long time. Um, a lot of my networks are people that I just, you know, keep tabs on. And later on the road, they all, you know, not all of them become fruitful, but you just don't know. That's why it's really nice to spread out and, you know, get to know people and, and kind of keep those tabs. And I want to preface this is try not to burn your bridges, right? You have a ton of connections. And if you burn a bridge, you better make sure it's a good damn bridge to burn because once it's burned, it's gone. And that piece of network is gone. But um, but try not to because, you know, you never know when those relationships will come back full circle and they have opportunities for you or they remember, hey, that that person, I remember that person's really good at this and we need that type of person. That happened to me two times in my career. They came to me and they said, hey, we remember you and we really need someone like you. And I wasn't even ready to move, but I was like, OK, I'm listening. And it was like, great. Sounds great. Let's do it. So I just wanted to give a little bit before I left. I know, Melky, I wanted to get on earlier, but I do have to go. But I'll try to listen in as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so this was a really good space. This kind of go went on for much longer than kind of, oh, I think, Madison and I, the hosts here, kind of planned for it. Um, thank you for all the amazing speakers. I want to give, like, you know, if anyone has any of the speakers or don't have like a last second question or anything they want to add, but I do think we're going to wrap this space up. Um, I see one hand from Jacob. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I actually, um, I do spaces every, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I'm, I'm going to start one up, uh, early if, if people still want to jump over to that one. Uh, I don't know if Theo's up for that. Um, but he's usually there I as well. I was going to go charge my headphones, but I could possibly hop in in half an hour or so. Cheers. Yeah. I probably won't go, too long tonight um i'm tired <laughs> so uh but yeah this space was super awesome uh a lot of really awesome things uh uh you know shared a lot of knowledge drops i particularly think that the networking um stuff was valuable love y'all gonna go charge my headphones leah what's up i just want to add um one piece to what uh shashi uh, sashi was saying about not burning bridges um so I got two offers and I turned down one to accept uh, the job I'm currently at. And when I let them know, I told them that it was because like the job I took offered me more money, started right away and was remote. And I told them that um, I love talking to them and I really wanted to work there. And I was just very honest and like genuine about it. Um, and during the time I was interviewing there, the um, director of the department had started like meeting with me weekly to like go over Java because I was learning Java for it. And because I was so open about it, he offered to keep meeting with me every week to teach me Java, like just because they liked me so much. And he told me that like they wanted me in the future if I ever wanted to work there, that they would love working with me. So it's very important to like just be genuine, people, genuine with people. Don't ghost them. Just be like a normal human being. Don't burn your bridges because you never know like what will happen. They might still want to keep meeting with you. 100%. 100%. And I think with that, thank you guys. Great, great space. Madison, big shout out to everyone here. Uh, great conversation on networking. You know, 
talk to if you if you want to get into some groups this is a great time to start get into you know post your stuff on the thread here join other people's what they post slide into those dms like danny said uh but yeah thank you guys so much and madison want to want to send us off uh thanks for coming everyone <laughs> it's the lamest send off thanks so much this is awesome it worked all right peace until next time